Welcome to the Own It from Women Lead Change podcast. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, I talked to Katie Susong, who's the president and CEO of Iowa-based Cardinal Construction, which is a mid-sized commercial construction and development company. She is the 127-year-old company's first female CEO. In her role, she develops and oversees company strategy and a lot of other things as well. She's passionate about team member engagement and development and providing opportunities for leadership. In 2021, by the way, she was recognized as Grow Cedar Valley's Business Person of the Year for leadership in creating and strengthening regional collaboration and cooperation for economic and community development. Thank you for joining the Ornit podcast, first of all. And, And tell me and our listeners a little bit about you and what you're up to. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. So my name is Katie Susong, and I am the president and CEO of Cardinal Construction in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, I have been in this position now for a little over a year. Um, And prior to that, served as the president for a few years, and before that, the director of operations. My background is not traditional. I don't come from a construction background. My degree is actually in communications and marketing. So this is a really radical route for somebody that has a degree like mine, but it's been a fun ride. That is fascinating. And I I think especially because I am raising my hand as as guilty as charged, oftentimes we know women in particular, and the data shows us, we want to know that we've done these things before, before we raise our hands and say, hey, I want to try that. As a marketing and communications person, when someone said, hey, how about president of a construction firm and then CEO, what went through your mind? Uh, Lots of things. So I guess to go back even a little bit further, as I said, my degree was in communications and marketing. But while I was in college, uh, I actually got married. Uh, My husband and I found out we were expecting our first child uh, right before my senior year of college started. And so uh, my senior year of school was really, really kind of nuts. And at the same time, we had bought a house. And so by the time graduation rolled around, I had to figure out something to do. I needed to get a job. I had a newborn. And so life was a little bit nuts. And at the time, my dad's architectural firm was looking for an administrative assistant. And so um, I was able to start in the industry in that way. And so I started as an administrative assistant at Envision. And in that role was really, I mean, we were, I was doing clerical things. I was answering the phone, but I also had the opportunity to meet a lot of people that uh, came in the door. I got to meet the contractors that we were working with. I got to meet um, designers and I got to really engage in that industry. And uh, for me, I, I started as a receptionist. By the time I left Envision, I was actually the director of marketing. So I had some upward uh, progress while I was there. And that's really, uh, it was my job at Envision that connected me with the people at Cardinal Construction. So I had an opportunity to get to know them. So I wasn't completely unfamiliar with with the industry, but leadership in the industry was completely foreign. And so my response when asked if I would consider serving at that time uh, as president of the organization with the intent to at some point lead it, I thought they were nuts. I, you know, I I said to, (laughs) I said to then uh, president John Mixdorf, I said, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a woman. I don't have a traditional construction background. Um, my degree is not in business. So there's all of these but, but, buts um, that I have. Why, why do you see 
somebody like me having success in this role. And for me, having him be an advocate um, and having him see the potential in me was really kind of the um, what ignited my belief that I could really have some success in this role. And the conversation we had was that our company didn't need somebody that had a traditional construction background. What they needed was somebody that had a fresh perspective, that looked at things differently, um, and that would take a different approach. Our company has been around for 127 years now, and putting a woman in charge really was a way to kind of flip things upside down and uh, really kind of start us off in a different direction. So how was it received? <laughs> at, as you would expect, um, yes. we actually kind of at the time that all of these changes were happening, also were going through some strategic planning. And um, as part of that process, we did a survey of some of our long-term employees, superintendents, people that had been at Cardinal for a long time. And at uh, a, a review meeting, we essentially, as our leadership team, sat in a room and reviewed the responses. And there were some that were positive, but there were definitely some that had no confidence in my ability to lead the organization. And that was really hard. Um, admittedly, I got up in that meeting and I went to the bathroom and I cried because it's not easy to hear that people don't have confidence in you. And really what I took from that, honestly, was, you know, I, I need to prove to all of these people that, that we can do it, that I have the right skill set and the right mindset to lead the organization. And since then, um, we've had a lot of wins and we've had a lot of success and it's hard not to respect success uh, as a company. And so while things, I think initially, I think there was some real concern I, that that has certainly turned around. Actually, last year, uh, we had a retirement party for John McStorff, the former CEO, and then one of our superintendents. And he had been with the company for 47 years. And at the time, he actually shared a story that when he found out that I was going to be in the role, he had major concerns. He didn't think that I was capable, that I could do it. Um, that I was the right person for the job. But at the time of his retirement, he said, having gotten to know you, having seen what we as an organization have done, I feel like mm -hmm. you are the perfect person and there's no one better suited. So to feel that and to hear that turnaround was humbling and also so rewarding. So it just, to me, it fuels the ability or the desire to kind of keep going um, on that route. Katie, that is amazing. And there's a little part of me, my women lead change, DNA that just fumes, you know, that you even had to deal with that because, because we know that, you know, over 127 years, you know, the, your male counterparts that were in that seat likely didn't have those questions. So yeah, good on you. And I have no doubt that, <laughs> but it, as you said, you just, you know, that, that desire to just, you know, obviously be successful, you know, for the company and for yourself and to prove, you know, some of those naysayers wrong. Yeah, yeah, good for you. I honestly think that is what makes us women a little bit gritty that, you know, there is a little bit of something inside of us that says, you know what, I can do this. My skill set might look different, but I am also one that believes wholeheartedly that the best outcomes are the result of diverse perspectives. So I'm always going to say, you know, a, a balanced, blended boardroom where you've got people that, um, think differently, that respond to things differently, um, that are going to challenge each other's perspectives is always going to lead to the best outcome. Women have to be at the table. 
That's that's absolutely true. Better together. We always say we know that better together. Mixed teams, diverse teams, net better results. What is it do you think that you bring that that is different than maybe prior prior leadership? And not necessarily good or bad. I'm not asking about you know that, but what is it about you that that may be different? So I guess I'd maybe say it's a couple of things, primarily spurred on by just this desire to continuously improve. Um, I am one that believes that there's always a better way to do something and that we should always be evaluating uh, our processes, the way that we do things, um, how we're operating as a company to make sure that we're doing it in the best way possible for our team members and for the clients that we serve. Um, In addition to that continuous improvement piece, I have a huge desire to serve people. And so Uh, One thing that we've done since I have been at Cardinal was we um, started doing performance reviews. That was something that wasn't in place before I started. And as someone that values feedback, I just had to believe that others in the organization would want to hear how they were performing as well. And so we've really put a robust performance feedback process in place to allow people to know how they're doing. We've really also put a lot of emphasis in the last couple of years on training, ensuring that we are preparing our people not only to be the best that they can be for Cardinal, but, you know, should they ever lead our organization, they're well positioned to go elsewhere and be leaders. I also have a huge heart for community service. And that is something that we have really instituted at Cardinal as well, trying to ensure that we're doing things to be a good community partner. In fact, two years ago, we actually owned some land in the Cedar Valley that we were able to donate to a local organization, which then spurred a project. So it was kind of a win-win. We were able to help them build their building, but we really believe in giving back. I believe in giving back. Um, That's something that has become important uh, to us as an organization as well. Yeah, you can tell you do have a servant heart looking at all your different volunteer duties, vice chair of the Cedar Falls Economic Development Corp, advisory board for a bank, president of the Boys and Girls Clubs there, sustaining member of Junior League. It's a lot. It's a lot on one plate. And and one of the questions that, you know, again, I just am pretty sure that our male counterparts aren't asked, and I'm going to ask you anyway, balance (laughs) in in, in work-life integration. Give those of us listening who are are working hard to integrate, uh, maybe some tips from you. What's worked, what hasn't worked? So that's a great question. And and you're absolutely right. (laughs) Um, I I think for me, what is important, and I I actually preach this to um, my team here. I I talk about it with uh, women that I'm fortunate to mentor or have conversations with. Volunteering is, is for the heart. And I really believe that it's so crucial that people really only commit to things that are really important to them. I will not typically volunteer for something or commit time to something simply because it's a resume builder. For me, if I'm going to give time because it is so sacred, it's got to be something that's really important to me. And I think when things are important for us, we do make time for them. And so I think it's I think what's really important is finding a few things that mean a lot and getting engaged in that way, rather than trying to spread yourself so thin, getting involved in too much. I I just feel like there's more chance of success when you're doing things that matter to you. 
That's a great point. And your children are older, it looks like, 18 and 16. <laughs> By the way, my, my niece and nephew are named Sam and Molly. So oh nice. We have, we have that, we have that in common. You know, their thoughts on on mom running a construction firm? <laughs> my daughter thinks it's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and awesome. to be honest, yeah, to be honest, they're, they're a huge part of why I do what I do. Um, I think it's important specifically for my daughter to see an example of a woman in leadership. And in my case, a non-traditional role, and they love to come to the office. Um, we're really big on trying to do things that are family oriented here. Um, we actually built a new building a couple years ago. Uh, and the intent of the building really was, it is client focused. It's a tool to be able to um, show our clients some of the materials we work with. It's a community building. We encourage uh, organizations to have meetings in our boardroom. First and foremost, it's, it's focused on being a place that feels like home, a second home for our team members and their families. We actually put a big pond in and stocked it with fish. We've got a deck uh, area with chairs. Um, We're actually having a party tomorrow here. And really the goal of all of that is to encourage fellowship among the teammates here at Cardinal, but also for all of our kids to see this is a place that we all love. It's a place that we can be proud of. Um, And I think that goes a long way. And my, my kids are both inherently leaders in their own way. And I think for them to be able to, to see me in leadership, I, I hope in some way that that influences what they do and where they go uh, in the mm-hmm. future. For sure. Mount Mercy University was founded in 1928 by a group of bold women intent on breaking barriers. Inspired by the Sisters of Mercy, Mount Mercy is committed to fulfilling their mission to expand abilities, equip you to lead with purpose, and empower you to accomplish your goals. Mount Mercy offers graduate, accelerated, and traditional programs to people from all walks of life. Their forward-thinking, future-focused approach puts you on the path toward success. Mount Mercy University. The future is female. Their past was too. Discover more at mtmercy.edu. I want to ask you a little bit about your background and how it aligns so well with what we're seeing. I'm going to call it a culture shift. I might be giving it more credit than it deserves in looking at the non-necessity of these formal four-year degrees in a very specific Mm -hmm. major to lead to a very specific job. You're an example of somebody who took a liberal arts and a marketing communications degree and were able to turn it into what you wanted it to turn into. What do you see being so tightly connected to the trades? You know, what are the opportunities now for our young people that may not be what we used to call, you know, a traditional route? Do you think there really is a cultural shift on the way? And, you know, do you support it? I do. I definitely do. And um, you're, you're right. I think I honestly started, uh, at UNI, I graduated from UNI and I started with a teaching degree and it was very soon into that major that I figured out that was not for me. That was not my path. And what I found in the communication department was it was a group of people that really wanted, uh, to focus on making things better. It was less focused on a specific, skill path, I guess, and more so on 
uh, problem solving kind of generally and using communication as a means to do that. And I think it can be a little bit scary graduating with a degree that is so general. Um, but at the same time, there is loads of opportunity to be able to apply skills that may not necessarily need to be learned through college or may not necessarily be geared towards one particular profession and be able to take those skills and apply them um, in something that is very specific, uh, like construction. So my skill set isn't, you're, you're not going to see me out on a job site with a hammer. You're not going to see me out there uh, directing our teams how to build the building. Nobody wants that, particularly the people that are someday going to inhabit that building. <laughs> but what I, what I bring to the table is really an ability to see the strengths in others and be able to, to utilize those skills in a way that is going to be best for uh, our clients and for our team. And, and that's not necessarily a skill that comes from an education. It's a skill that comes from being aware and um, really understanding people, right? Mm -hmm. And so I do think things are shifting. I still believe that college is the right path for some people, but I will just as quickly tell you that it is not the path for everyone. We have several people that work right here at Cardinal that don't have a college degree, and they're some of the smartest people I know. So their education is different. It's, it's hands-on, and there is a tremendous need for that, too, more now than ever, to be mm -hmm. honest with you. So I think, again, getting back to that comment about diverse perspective, um, diverse experience is just as crucial. Great point. Great point. How do we get more women in construction? You know, that is a fantastic question. And it's one I've, I've given a lot of thought to. I do have to tout on Cardinal a little bit that um, half of our leadership team here in the office is women. And so that is, it's unusual, but it's something that we're pretty proud of here. But I think when it comes to getting more women in construction, honestly, I think the answer is starting earlier. We hear a lot about programs at the high school level providing, uh, whether it's a, a CAPS type experiential learning program in Waterloo, we have the career center where students can engage in hands-on education uh, for construction. And those programs are tremendously valuable, but I think getting to women, um, or in this case, young girls, even when they're in elementary school or middle school, before those conversations or those stereotypes even start that construction is um, only for men, though that that's when we need to be having those crucial conversations um, before the idea is formed in their head that that's not something that they can do or a path that they can go down. Um, we need to be having the conversations earlier. That's a great, great point. When you looked to leadership icons or people that you look up to, who are some of those people? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, leadership icons, I, you know, I, I really am a strong believer in mentors and have been fortunate to, as I've said, at Cardinal, I had mentors that saw value in a woman in leadership and construction, but also in just my day to day, whether it's, um, leaders within Grow Cedar Valley, our local chamber organization, Carrie Dara is the person that runs that organization. She's a friend of mine and she's 
tremendously intelligent and kind, and she's a fantastic leader. So she's somebody I really look up to. I think, you know, for me, anytime I see a woman, um, whether it's, you know, they're running a hospital or a nonprofit organization, people that are paving new roads, people like yourself, Tiffany, I mean, you are the mayor of Cedar Rapids. How cool is that? (laughs) Um, No, but honestly, honestly, I think we can glean so much from women that are stepping out and doing things that are, as you've said, not, not what's traditionally expected. And I think there's always opportunities, whether it's older women and even younger women who are, who are getting out there and doing new things. Those are the people that I look up to those that are kind of boundary pushers. Thank you for that, by the way, that compliment. We find when we have programming at Women Lead Change, some of the most sought after and well-attended aren't some of the huge name speakers that we have. It's when we have accessible, local, regional people that we know, or we want to know, because it is, you know, oftentimes we say it and I was the same way. We have to see it. Some of us have to see it to be it. And it can be again, more accessible when you see people who are, you know, not terribly unlike you doing interesting things, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. And you know, people that have authenticity that are willing to say, you know what, I, I don't necessarily have it all together. Um, I'm, I'm learning honestly, every day for me is a new opportunity to learn something, a new opportunity to, to do something well, but equally an opportunity to screw something up. So I think, you know, hearing from hearing from others that, you know, we're, we're all doing the best we can. Those are the women I, I appreciate hearing from those that authentically share their story, um, both the good and the bad. Agree. I'm right there with yep. you. I would say just, I, I just want one day. Can you give me one day where I'm not learning something new? I mean, I learn right. as much as the next person, but just one day, you know, just yeah. <laughs> I've got it all together. Just one day when I can have it all together. Okay. This oh. is the own it podcast. So I'd love to ask our guests, what is it about you? What, what's something about you that you may or may not have always thought was a strength and how do you own it? Okay. That's a great question. And this may sound simple, but I honestly think that my strength is taking care of people. I really care about making sure that the people that I am around feel better or are somehow improved because I've had an opportunity to serve them. So, you know, whether it's providing training opportunities or just uh, a listening ear to the people that I get to work alongside every day, or making sure that our clients have the best experience that they can have, that they feel listened to, that they feel like their goals are met because we were responsive to their needs. Um, to me, it is so important to take care of people and ensure that they feel that they're valued because to me, that is what matters most. And that's, that's what we're here for, to make life better for others. Katie Susong, this has been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. I've really enjoyed talking with you, Tiffany. You too. You too. Yes. Our pleasure. Onward and upward. That's right. Katie not only understands the imperative to have diversity at the table, uh, you heard her mention diversity and experience, how wonderful and so true and also impressive. She's walking the walk, half of her leadership team, a diverse team. Way to go, Katie.
Hey, the Home Edit girls are coming. Don't miss our exclusive conversation with the founders of the Home Edit, Clea Shear and Joanna Teplin. Clea and Joanna, as we call them. They'll be at the Central Iowa Conference. The two-day conference and limited Home Edit tickets are on sale at WLCglobal.org. Nominations for the Quad Cities Athena Leadership Awards are due August 15th. Honorees will be recognized at the Quad Cities Conference coming up in October. Visit WLCglobal.org to nominate a woman doing great things in the categories of Athena, women of influence, and emerging leaders. Calling all entrepreneurs, our virtual small biz mini series begins August 2nd and features speakers with tips on marketing, bookkeeping, and much more. Registration at a very accessible price, by the way, closes today, July 29th. Karen Allen joins us for a virtual workshop in August on the mindset shift that changes everything. Tickets are on sale at WLCglobal.org. The Women Lead Change Store, have you been there yet? Well, it's open 24-7. Visit WLCstore.myshopify.com. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. We'd appreciate that so much.